Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you for downloading, for listening, for subscribing, for commenting, for just being here listening to the nasally drone of my own voice. I appreciate each and every one of you. I am Jeff Manns, of course, uh, host of this podcast, flying solo today as we recap the NFL 2020-2021 Super Bowl 55 NFL season. You can find all my work, by the way, over at fantasyguru.com. Football never ends. It never ends for us over there. We have 2021 fantasy football rankings, my top 50 NFL free agents for the year, uh, salary cap relief, NFL draft content, mock drafts for next year. We're ready to go already. Don't forget our fantasy baseball draft guide over there at fantasyguru.com as well. Elitefantasy.com is where to find me in the daily fantasy arena. Although now that the Super Bowl's over, I get a little hi- hiatus from DFS. We still got NBA, still got NHL, still got MMA, PGA, NASCAR set to go. I am preparing for the daily fantasy baseball season, which will kick off in a few weeks from now, but I'm forming our packages over there at elitefantasy.com as we speak. And of course, legalized sports betting, elitesportsbetting.com. All right, folks, welcome into episode 52. So, what do you think? Super Bowl 55, was it everything you had thought, everything you dreamed it would be? What about the spectacle? What about the game, the pregame, the commercials, the halftime show, postgame show, whatever it is? Um, Love to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, it, It feels like, to me, sort of... It didn't, the game did not go the way a lot of people liked and people were pissed off about it a little bit that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won. They didn't just win. They kicked that ass. I mean, they kicked the shit out of Kansas city. Um, no question about that. And uh, we're going to get into that. I'll give you some Super Bowl 55 takeaways over the show, the course of the show, but also talk about the season at large. We'll talk about where do we go from here? Uh, talk about free agency, the NFL draft, my 2021 fantasy football rankings. Uh, I will talk about a little bit out there as well. We, this podcast, we do what you want to do. I posted a poll on my Twitter feed, which by the way, you could follow me at Jeff underscore mans, M-A-N-S on Twitter. And I posted a poll there. What content would you guys like from me for over the next few months? Do you want off season NFL? Do you want, preseason and in-season major league baseball fantasy baseball nba nhl overwhelmingly you told me you want football so you're gonna get football here on this podcast i'm gonna talk baseball because baseball was a big deal too those were 80 percent basically and we had like 10 percent for each nba and nhl so i'm gonna i'll probably stay away from nba and nhl a little bit I'll have some of my guys from Elite Fantasy and Fantasy Guru on to talk about those sports when I do talk about it. Otherwise, it's going to be football. It's going to be baseball. It's going to be pop culture. It's going to be my thoughts on life. I'm going to dive into some of the topics. If there are other things you want to hear from me, everybody, at Jeff underscore Mans, let me know. Let me know what topics. You know, in the past, uh, I did these podcasts. I did. Uh, I talked about my old man. 
I talked about politics. I've talked about um, my fights with uh, depression over the years. I've talked about uh, growing up, Southside, stuff like that. I talked about the pandemic. I've talked about um, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, uh, all about, you know, quarantine life, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, there's no topic that I won't talk about. There's nothing that I will keep from you. There's nothing that uh, is, will get my way. You know, not, no, I'm not under anybody's guidelines here i don't have to language barriers and everything else fuck it i could say whatever the hell i want however i want and that's liberating for me on this podcast so um there are topics you want me to tackle believe me yeah just let me know so the super bowl let's, let's get into that super bowl 55 uh did not go the way i thought i was wrong on the prediction thought the chiefs would win and i thought they'd win going away i didn't see anybody stopping them all right, there's offensively, they were going to be too much. And once they get going offensively, that was going to be too much for the Bucks defense. Obviously, that's not what happened. And they got blown out on the other side. And perhaps that was a shortcoming in my analysis a little bit where I, this, the out 31 to nine, that outcome I never saw. Like that wasn't even on my radar. Tampa winning, absolutely. There was paths to it, of course. Tom Brady's a fucking winner. It's all a guy does, win, win, win. So, of course, there's a path, but that was keeping it close, establishing the run, so on and so forth. And that's uh, it's not really what they did. It, it, it comes down to this. I talked about this on the SiriusXM show a lot. So, for those who listen to both, I'm not going to bore you with rehashing the same content. But the bottom line is this. Kansas City didn't have a plan. They were not ready. They were not prepared. I think that the accident and Andy Reid's son, Britt, had when he hit the, the family who was changing their tire on the side of the road, I think that through Andy Reid, I think it took him completely out. And quite honestly, rightfully so. I've talked about it in every arena, every show I've done since. I don't condone drunk driving. Have I done it? Yes, absolutely. Um, did I get caught? No. Did I get an accident? No. I'm fucking thankful. But my mistakes as a very young man, by the way, uh, not condone. I, I've grown up. That, and that's what, I, you know, something when I do this go into preacher mode, you know, you guys, some of you just don't like it. You think I'm talking down to you. You think I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. To me, we're always having a conversation. And at 43 years of age, I've got experience and some wisdom that I fell upon or fell into that I think could help people. And if I'm talking to younger people out there, my God, just don't do it. Just don't, you have Uber now, you have Lyft now, you have car services everywhere, cabs and taxis and hoverboards and skateboards and fucking roller skates. I don't, you don't need to drive a car when you're intoxicated or after drinking, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. You know, I can't, could say, well, you just shouldn't be drinking. What the fuck that, man? I like drinking. You know, I talk about drugs, alcohol. Uh, I'm a, <laughs> everything in moderation is okay. Problem is when you get too excessive on it. And what Brit, there's no excuse for what Brit Reed did. And 
it's worse than having a single car access. See, we have this idea in our heads that I'm going to, oh, if I, you know, I'm going to get behind the wheel. And we think, oh, well, it's only me. I'm going to, the, the worst case scenario is a one car accident. I run into a tree. Maybe I kill myself or hurt myself or whatever. And thus we chance it. We think, oh, yeah, no big deal. But that, that's not it. It's this, I know, and this is going to be controversial. Same thing with COVID. Oh, I know you don't want to hear them about COVID. I know you don't. Go back and look at my tweets. I was anti-COVID. I was anti all that shit too. Don't, just like everybody. It's not you. It's the other person. It's not what happens to you. I may get a DUI. I may get in an accident. I may get hurt. I may get killed. That, that's No, because we all take chances in our everyday lives that understand that. We, we've baked all that shit in. What happens when you do that to somebody else though? See, human beings, what separates us from animals are that we are instinctively good. We know right from wrong, majority of us at least. We know, and we know, you know hitting a tree and breaking our own neck and, and killing ourselves, that would be terrible and we'd hate it, you know, bad and we'd be dead. That's a price we pay. The worst pain is sideswiping a family of five hurting two kids one critically there's no way to sometimes death is better how do you live with that how do you cope with that you to he's gonna live with that the rest of his life his family andy reed's gonna live with that the rest of his life that's why i said i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if andy reed doesn't coach another game he's got family there's obviously family problems Son overdose passed away back in 2012, tragically. Now his son doing this. It's just awful. Andy Reid had nothing in that game. Didn't have a game plan going in. Didn't adapt coming out. I'm telling you guys, when I saw single high safety, it wasn't just single high. I'm talking, they were 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. They were spying and bracketing Tyree Kill on every single down. Tyree Kill was not going to beat them. Kansas City went in that game thinking, all right, we're going to do what we did last time. And it was never open. It was never available. But they didn't adjust. Nothing changed. And I'm telling you, on the first drive, I knew it. I knew it. I said, oh, well, easy. I thought, oh, this is going to be great for Travis Kelsey. It's going to be great for the pass catching backs. Remember, I played uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire total yardage. I thought, okay, it's good because this is what you do. When you get when they're taking away anything deep and they're they're spacing you deep, you, you have more room underneath. It takes a player away from everything underneath. There's always going to be openings. Well, many of you are like, well, the offensive line was terrible. They didn't protect. No, they, they didn't protect, but Patrick Mahomes didn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's dropping back seven yards. Pressure's coming, and he didn't stop and deliver the football. He decided to try to escape again, and he moved back further. He, would, he was dropping back 12, 15, 20 yards on some of his dropbacks, running for his dear life, often turning his back to the football field. You're taught in Pop Warner football as a quarterback. You can never do that. Never for a split second. If you, in fact, you know, I have old coaches that used to tell me if you ever, if your back ever goes to the field, just, just fall down on the ball, just fall on the ball, live to fight another down. Don't even attempt to come back around. And we're trying to act like Patrick Mahomes is some sort of fucking hero because he 
turns his back, runs away, then is diving down. He throws the football up and, oh, it hit a guy in the helmet. Yep, hit a guy in the helmet, but he's not expecting that pass. He's already run his route. You're acting as if it hit him in the mask when he ran a simple out route and it was timed perfectly. Ball was thrown and hit off his helmet. That's not what happened. It's not the receiver's fault. Could he have caught it? Yeah. But like, I and I use this example of the XM show. You walk into a bank or better yet, like do this. Here, here you go, fellas. Take one of take a softball, like a Nerf football. Shut the bedroom door. All right. And then when your wife comes in or girlfriend or husband or whoever comes in to find you, throw the ball as hard as you can right at their face. Could they catch it? Yeah. Will they? Will they expect it? Do they know it's coming? Huck, no. Of course not. That's what that was. That's not on the receivers. Yes, they could have made a play, but that's Mahomes. Mahomes has to be better. Stop protecting star players. He played like shit. And one thing this just proves empirically is that Patrick Mahomes needs Andy Reid. He needs Reid's thoughts. He needs his game plans. He needs his adjustments. He needs him. They are great together. Andy Reid without Patrick Mahomes made one Super Bowl. Didn't win it. A lot of NFC Championship games, but one Super Bowl. With him, makes you know three championship games in a row, two Super Bowls in a row, wins one. That's the difference. Mahomes without Reed, basically, which is what I figure that game is, nine points. They don't even score one touchdown. Not one touchdown with Andy Reed, with Patrick Mahomes. So those, those are my takeaways. Britt Reed is in a lot of trouble. He is in a lot of trouble. And the Reed family is going to have to deal with this for a number of years to come. But so... That's my takeaway in the game. Did the, pen, did the penalties hurt? Absolutely. Um, I've talked about this as well. It, it, two, pen, two pass interference penalties on that final drive of the first half. But coaching, Kansas City should have never called timeouts on those drives. They called timeout on a first down run, zero yards for Leonard Fournette. They called a timeout with 55 seconds to go. Actually, 50, 50 seconds to go, they called timeout. Why? They – what? If Tampa Bay ran three times, got zero yards every time, you were going to get the ball back with about 30 seconds left. And maybe it's at your own, your, the 30 to 40 yard line of uh, your own 30 or 40 yard line. What did, what did you think? What are you doing? What's the outcome? What do you think? You're going to get one or two plays and maybe kick a field goal? I mean, I'm sure that's what they thought. But as soon as Kansas City started calling timeouts, then Tampa Bay said, all right, fuck it, we'll throw. And we're going to pick up a first down. Threw it for eight yards. So now, or nine yards. Now it's third and one. And Kansas City calls another timeout. What the fuck were you thinking? Let them run out the clock, go into halftime, down 14 to six. It's eight points. Touchdown two point. You're from tying the game. Nope. Call another timeout. Well, what are they going to do? Why not? Attack. Throw it up, either make the play or maybe there's a defensive pass interference. Exactly what happens. Two bad, two bad calls, but two. Why are you, why did Kansas City put it in the hands of the referees? Why? Why would you do that? That's idiotic. That's coaching. That's Andy Reid. 
That's how, and then Tom Brady threw a one-yard touchdown pass. So you went from 14 to six to 21, six at halftime. That's yeah, just game over at that point. You were just in trouble. You were already in over your head. So that, those were, that was the difference in the game. That final drive, calling those timeouts was beyond idiotic. Beyond idiotic. Um, I did want to talk about Tampa Bay. Let's talk about Tom Brady. Let's talk about his legacy for a minute. You know, it's tough not calling Tom Brady the greatest quarterback ever. I used to fight this battle. Now I'm just passive about it. I still say Tom or uh, Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback of all time because he's the only quarterback that ever wrote his own playbook, called his own plays, and executed. It's only it's never been done. It's, he's the only one. Yeah, there are quarterbacks that sometimes will call some plays or percentage or have overwrite ability and they, but nobody's wrote, wrote the playbook for the whole team, for the whole offense. It's never happened. Peyton Man's the guy. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. Congratulations to him and the 2021 NFL Hall of Fame class that all got in. But Brady's the biggest winner of all time. Tom Brady's probably the biggest winner in sports history. Right? He's just wins and this is what i talk about when it comes down to dfs sports betting seasonal fantasy sports the whole deal same people win you wonder if people will say it's not a school game it's all luck no i know it's a skill game the, the reason i know it's a skill game is because the same people win all the time right and i i'm one of those people I'm a giant, hairy, dough-faced winning machine. That's what I am. That's it. I mean, it's, I've said it a million times. Nobody gives me opportunities. I take them. I just go out and win. Somebody gets mad at me and say, oh, you're not really good. Uh, I just go beat them. That's it. Simple. Shut the fuck up. I'll beat you. Not 100%, but you give me an opportunity, it's, I'm going to fight you to the death. And that's, the, that's what winners do. Tom Brady's a winner guy. You can't give him these opportunities. You Washington had a chance to beat Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. They didn't seize it and take it. Tampa Bay didn't have any kind of cakewalk. You know, they, they really didn't, uh, you know, it wasn't just easy breezy for them. They struggled. They had a 10 win team during the season. You know, it's a, uh, it's a whole different world, but you keep putting him in any situation, any time, even though they don't have the best team, even though he's not the best quarterback. He still knows how to win. They were 11-5, and five, my bet. But Washington had a chance to beat them. The Saints had a chance to beat them. Packers had a chance to beat them, but, you know, they Packers had a chance to beat them, of course. But it's just weird. Like, they were down so much eventually, you know, it's like down 28 to 10. It's like, and then they marched back, but nevertheless, uh, you know, they just run away with it, but they didn't let up either. They didn't beat themselves. And that's why the dude has seven Super Bowl championships, five MVPs. He's incredible. Just incredible. I'll say this, the best, the other thing about the Buccaneers, the most impressive thing to me, is something that I've talked about on the show a lot. I'm sitting up in my chair now because this is where serious talk comes in. Like the coaching staff, 
the diversity amongst the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff. I mean, that that's ultimately what means something in my opinion. Right. I mean, that, that's just what I, I think that's the most fascinating part about um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is that, you know, Bruce Arians is 150 years old, but you've got Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator. You've got um, Harold Goodwin, the assistant coach run game coordinator, right? You've got uh, Todd Bowles, the um, defensive coordinator. You've got, um, you know, you've got Casey Rogers, the assistant defense coordinator, linebacker coach. You've got minorities all over that coaching staff. You've got, um, you've got uh, females. You got women that are on the coaching staff there in in Tampa Bay as well. And uh, I mean, this is Lori Locust being one of them, a defensive line coach. These are, this is a diverse staff. And the fact that you have all these different people, different thoughts, different ideas, different backgrounds. For one, that's it's always been something that's I've loved about professional sports is that you get people like a guy from Kansas City, his teammates, the guy from you know upstate Maine, Kenny Bunkport. You know, and, and then you got a guy from uh, East LA with the guy from South side of Chicago. And it's all just, and it, we're different people with different backgrounds and, di- and we just, we come together to form this thing. And this thing is a team. And this thing is a unit, cohesive together unit. There's so much separation and so much just distance in our culture today. And yes, a lot of it is COVID related and pandemic related, but it was there before there's systemic racism still, you know, a lot of people don't want to admit that they don't want to see that they don't want to, they don't want to pretend it's not there, but it is, it's there. And, uh, you know, I, I gotta, I'll fully be honest here. I, I know I have friends, I have friends and people I grew up with that, um, aren't racist, but they're not, I could tell, and we've never talked about it. Maybe that's my fault. That's something I should have done, but I could tell they're threatened. They, they feel insecure. They feel, I don't know why I never understood that. You know, I just something I don't understand, but why you're getting threatened. I think everybody's worried about getting their jobs or you know, whatever their girlfriends or wives or whatever taken away. And then they, they become like, so protective over it to the point that anything outside of you is wrong or negative or bad, you know, and it's not about the race or the religion or anything else, but it it become, it manifests that way because that's the, that's the upfront difference that you see from one person to the next. Anyway, it's just the diversity in Tampa Bay is impressive. And to have pulled this together with different components and different players and, you know, Brady and Gronk and Antonio Brown, like these people, like Antonio Brown's a cancer, locker room cancer. You can't win with them, all that, blah, blah, blah. Can't, you know, female coaches and black head coaches or black assistants that you aren't 
nobody's hiring, which by the way, it's a whole different fucking thing. You gotta be fucking kidding me, everybody. You gotta be kidding me. Clint Kubiak, offense coordinator of the Vikings. You gotta be kidding. I absolutely foundationally terrible, just terrible. I, I don't understand that. Uh, Brandon Staley, three years experience in NFL. He gets a coaching job. Meanwhile, Byron Leftwich played at a high level in college. He played for what? 10 years in the national football league, 10, 11 seasons. He's been you know, quarterback coach and offensive coordinator for years in different places for half a decade. He gets no look, not even an interview. I don't think Eric B played in college was all world play. What he played at Colorado. Right. And he's been an assistant coach at every single step of the national football league, been on top of the game for years and doesn't get a shot. Oh, but you had number one defense for one year. Yeah. Why not? You're in. It's bullshit. Just bullshit. You know, and I'm not, you don't have to hire a minority. You don't have to hire the guy with a lot of experience, but you know, every case is different. Maybe you just have a better vibe with this person over that person, but that doesn't happen every single solitary fucking time. And that's what's happening in the NFL. Every single solitary movement is why is Britt Reed, the assistant linebacker coach of Kansas City in the first place? Why is Clint Kubiak getting off its coordinator job? Why did Arthur Smith, even though he's done a great job, why did he get the coordinator job of the fucking Titans two years ago? Because his dad's the FedEx guy. He had no business being that job. Brandon Staley shouldn't be the head coach of the LA Chargers. Are you fucking kidding me? Because if you want it to work that way, fine. But then you also say, oh, old school Whitey also gets all the uh, uh, jobs. Well, well, can Dean Pease keeps getting hired every day. He's in retirement. He comes out, right? It's the same shit. Mike McCarthy gets regurgitated. Why? Joe Judge gets a job. Why? Matt Rule out of nowhere. Why? He did a great job at Stefanski. Why? He did a great job, but he, well, I mean, come on. But you keep seeing the same guy, fucking Mike Nolan. I, I actually am a Mike Nolan fan. But if anybody could should deserves to be shit out of the league, it's Mike Nolan. He's been awful at his last five stops. He keeps getting jobs. Why are all these guys so old white guys and young white guys? As long as you're and that's so that's the theme. White guys, you're getting a job. If you're a minority, a woman, African American, anything, else, nope, don't get. You have to. You have to. I don't even know what you have to. I mean, you have to. It's not just Super Bowls. The enemy won a Super Bowl last year. I mean, I don't know what. I don't know what you can do. It's hard not to be depressed about it, though. And I hope that the win from Tampa Bay opens people up to it. Different organizations stops, starts at the top. No African-American owners in the National Football League. Two minority owners entirely. It's embarrassing. GMs, pro per, three GMs total, one just hired this year. Okay. Okay, fine. 63% of the players, but... Zero percent of the owners. Okay, that, yeah, that makes total sense. What doesn't make sense? Um, but there you go. So I mean, I, 
I hope things change. I really do because uh, I saw a lot of embarrassing things over the weekend around the National Football League. You know, that made me proud that Tampa Bay won and did it with a diverse coaching staff. But the Britt Reed thing, of course, embarrassing. I was embarrassed for people that argued, and this is another thing that stood out to me. Uh, there, there's like three different things. Let me. One was the coaching staffs. Number two, uh, and Britt Reed being even having a job on Kansas City is embarrassing. But and then number two is the outcry. There's a lot of the. Um, NFL honors, you know, they announced all their, uh, the winners of the league, um, the NFL MVP, defense player of the year, offensive player of the year, so on and so forth. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP. Okay. But one award created massive controversy to the basic common fan. And that was, Aaron Donald winning defensive player of the year. It's his third award, second in a row, third out of the last four seasons. Everyone think, or not everyone, but people, the, the boisterous ones on Twitter said it should have been TJ Watt. JJ fucking Watt comes out, which by the way, what a poor fucking loser. I met JJ Watt. I have never told the story on air. I'll tell you the story. JJ Watt when he went to a um, good friend of mine in the industry, Howard Bender, Fantasy Alarm, when we worked together at Alarm, Howard Bender's wife owned the club in San Francisco, and we had a big Super Bowl bash there. Big Super Bowl bash, Pilar Lostra was there, a bunch of people from SiriusXM, uh, Mike Dempsey from Football Diehards, like all great crew was up there. And J.J. Watt was one of the guests of honor. With and we had, everybody had told us, yeah, he's going to appear and we'll give interviews and all the stuff. He couldn't have been a bigger dick. It, it was impossible. Sat there. We were like four people gathered around him at one point saying, all right, you know, we're going to do this interview. Absolutely refused. Not only refused, then we weren't, he wanted us to get away from him. Literally not to be in his realm. And then, but then Pilar Loster came around and then we were allowed around him again. And at that point, I couldn't give a shit. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm going inside. I'll, I'm going to get my drink on. I don't care. I don't give a fuck about it. I'm like, I hear the kiss ass of J.J. Watt. But pretty girl comes all of a sudden. She, oh, yeah, now we're allowed. So then um, she was allowed to interview him. Just her. Okay, that's fine. No problem. She got like, like 180 seconds, like three minutes. That was it. He was condescending, rude to her. And I don't think any of the audio ever made it to the airwaves because he was such a dick. There's your JJ Watt. Now he's done great things for the city of Houston. I commend that and I applaud that. All right. But I'm telling you my personal experience was that way. And what he did on Twitter, my brother, my brother, fuck you. Give me a break. Grow up. You've got three player of the year awards. What's wrong with you? You're fine. Your brother is great. I'm not against TJ Watt winning it. Very deserving. But you can't say Aaron Donald's not deserving either. It's not like they gave it to fucking Ray Flowers. Oh, player of the year. What do you know? 
or fucking uh, yeah, anybody, you know, Chris Jones or Khalil Mack or somebody who, who wasn't very good. Aaron Donald's a beast. Anybody knows anything about football knows it. Everybody, J.J. Watt knows it. T.J. Watt knows it, knows it. So that was a weird thing. And, you know, J.J. Watt, whatever. He's his brother, fine. But then, then everybody started jumping on this bandwagon. T.J. Watt deserves it. More pressures, more sacks. He's supposed to. Why wasn't Derrick Henry MVP? He had more rushing yards than Aaron Rodgers. He plays different positions. Yeah, no shit. So does T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald, dumb fucks. God. Damn, it pisses me off. Way different. Donald plays four positions. Watt plays three, <laughs> essentially. They're both, like I said, they're both great. But I felt very weird how anti-Aaron Donald people were. Right? And I'm like, okay, yeah, let it go. Whatever, you know. They like TJ Watt, evidently. Who fucking knew? Which, by the way, um, TJ Watt, based on statistics alone, could have won the previous year in 2019. Nobody really argued that point, but okay. His numbers are always going to be better because he plays a position that produces stats a lot more than Aaron Donald being triple teamed as a defensive tackle slash end slash edge. Anyway, so that was that. And then then the the halftime show. Fucking people hated the halftime show. All right. I'm 43 years old. Chances are you guys are listening to me. Maybe you probably hate me by this point. My peers probably, this is why I get myself in trouble in the industry, but um, you, the halftime show is not for me. Not for you. You understand? They've got us. I'm watching the Super Bowl no matter what. Chances are you're listening to this podcast. You're listening. You're you are watching the Super Bowl no matter what. So what's the smart thing as a business to do? Bring in new viewers, new people, new fans. Grow your fan base. That's what you have to do. You know, that's what you have to do. You have to grow that fan base. And what, you don't do that by playing the, what, the fucking, uh, uh, fucking Foo Fighters again. You know, I don't even know, like, shit. I, I love all music. So my music tastes, from, I fucking, I love Neil Diamond. I love fucking Nirvana. I love Jay-Z. I, I mean, I have a diverse music palette. But it's, you know, The weekend was for, my kids loved it. Loved it. That was not a bad performance. That was a fucking great performance. For one, he did the thing with the masks that were all like, ooh, but he that's how you can have masks, but work it into the wardrobe. Brilliant. It's a great job they did. You don't like the song because you're a 45-year-old white dude. Okay, fine. No problem. But that's not for you. It didn't matter. The Weekend is a hell of a good entertainer. My kids absolutely loved it. They were up dancing for crying out loud during the thing. The younger people loved it. It's exact, it, it did everything it was supposed to do. So it's just weird. You don't like the weekend. You don't like Aaron Donald, you know, Brett Reed, Britt Reed and Clint Kubiak. It's okay for them to be higher. Like what the fuck's going on, man? These are questions I just have, you know, and it gets deeper. I mean, I, I hate doing it. Christian McCaffrey, number one pick two years in a row. 
Okay. He'll probably be next year too. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. You know, I'm just, just kind of interesting, you know, just, I know McCaffrey produced, I, I get it, but he, this year he has no excuse. Saquon Barkley was the number two pick and uh, he didn't produce. He was hurt this year. Great excuse. Well, that's the excuse for McCaffrey too. Should he be number one? Maybe, but just nobody says a problem with that one. <sighs> I'll get it. This is a topic that I want to spend a whole show on at some point. And it, I know it upsets you. I know some of you get really mad at me with this stuff, right? I know it affects you and it bothers you. And if those, that's why I feel I have to talk about it because it has to bother you. I need it to bother you. You're not supposed to be bothered by it. Having these conversations, they asked me on Sirius uh, if I want to do a black history month, um, you know, talk and I said, yeah, sure. I've never ever worried about talking about race. I've been told over and over and over and over and over again by everybody I've ever worked with, don't talk about race. Don't talk about race. Why? Why? It, to me, the people that don't want to talk about are the people that I worry about. The people that don't want to talk about probably should be talking about it. It's like getting my kid to brush his teeth. He's got braces. 10 years old, he has braces. Doesn't like brushing his teeth. It's hard because it's, it hurts and blah, blah, blah. That's why I need to tell him to brush his teeth. He doesn't want me to tell him to brush his teeth, but he got to brush his fucking teeth. Right? My wife yells at me to eat more vegetables and less fast food. I don't want to hear that shit. Grown man, I'm rich. I don't have to say, do anything you say, but I don't want to hear it because I know it's true. Sometimes all of us, and I, if I ask you, I'm going to ask you all one time, just have difficult conversations more often. Don't let life be so fucking easy. When life is easy, you get complacent. You stop. You're not Tom Brady. You're not a winner. You don't become winner that way. You need to be challenged. Challenge yourself. Challenge others. It's okay. Yes, some people will take it the wrong way, just as some of you listening are taking this the wrong way. That's okay. It's supposed to happen. It's supposed to have those kind of conversations. Um, what else? NFL uh, season, the takeaways. Um, oh, let's go over. I, I like to do this. I, I want to go over um, the season in review as it was. I, I want to talk about uh, transparency always on uh, our sites, the transparency always to you, the listener, uh, all about telling you where we stood. And I've talked about it uh, many times. Let's see, I was in 11 fantasy football leagues this year, season long. In those 11 leagues, um, fudge. I need to dig up my, uh, I need to dig up the, my notebook of where uh, all my leagues were. But I made the playoffs in seven out of 11, technically eight out of 11. The one league was a double matchup. You play two matchups per period and two matchups per period. It just threw the records all the way off, but uh, made the playoffs in eight out of those 11 leagues. And out of those uh, eight leagues, I made the playoffs in made the championship game in two 
won the championship game in two leagues. So two championships out of 11, not the best, not exactly what I wanted, right? Not what I, you know, not the uh, ultimate goal, but uh, I think a satisfactory season overall. You know, I, the manifesto, we still got to post it over there um, on uh, fantasyguru.com. You know, really uh, good information, good stuff. Buying the Cleveland Browns. I mean, fuck, I do the, I did a podcast about it back in May, and it was um, fantastic. You know, I mean, it was everything worked out the way we had hoped and that we wanted. So the seasonal thing was uh, really good. I think the seasonal advice was on point. The seasonal uh, advice helped people win, and I'm very proud of the product that we put out there also um i'm trying to find the exact my exact record i had it and uh i cannot find it unfortunately with the uh what i was through all the um all of my leagues trying to find my combined record ah shit either way i mean what matters is won the championship and two lost in the other nine um as it as it goes down, but, and then DFS, well, we killed it in DFS. We had a season that will probably never be duplicated. It'll definitely never be bested. We won 15 out of 17 weeks in daily fantasy football. Uh, That's cash game lineup. Um, 16 of those 17 weeks, 16 out of 17. This is like, I remember years where we, uh, I did, we won 10 games. We've won 11 games. I had a third, my best ever was 13 out of 17. Um, like it was my first year at elite back in 2017. Uh, nope, nope, nope. 2016, 2016 was 13, you know, winning weeks, profitable weeks. And we gave away core fours every single week. We wrote the articles, Do- everything's documented, right? Played these played cash games, Every single same contest every single week. So to do that, and then we won three out of four. We cashed in the Super Bowl. And I'm not, I'm no good at barely cashed, didn't make any real money, but a, a win is a win. And we cashed in the Super Bowl. Had one losing week out of the uh out of the four playoff weeks, four playoff runs. Pretty fucking good, man. 18 out of 21 weeks winning in DFS. Right? I mean, talk about oh, oh just under $40,000 in total profit um, for Ted and I. And, uh, you know, some big weeks in GPP, a couple big weeks in GPP. But it was just an amazing, amazing season overall. Um, I, I mean, we beat the optimizer. That's what we did. We, this point in my career, I know what the competition's doing, right? I feel like uh, um, an Andy, Re- I feel like a Bill Belichick coach it right now where I know what is being done. I'm very aware. I'm active on social media. I have friends throughout the industry. I've got spies throughout the industry, just being honest. I've got people to report back to me what things are doing. And not to that I, I'm not stealing information. I know I'm not, I just, want to know what the competition's up to. I want to do better. I want to provide better. I want to be better. And 
that's what I think we did. We knew what the optimizers were doing this year. Knew exactly what they were up to. And we beat the shit out of them. Always. We had one week where the optimizers actually got the best of us. One week. And I think that there was an injury or something. There was some circumstance. I can't remember that. What was it? I don't know. Whatever. That was the problem. So we did our job really, really fucking good. And for the third year in a row, here it is. I got, uh, by the way, whole time I'm, I'm scrolling through fucking pages because um, I had everything. I document everything. Um, I was 89 and 65 overall in my seasonal leagues. Four and nine, four and nine, six and seven, seven and six, seven and six, eight and five, eight and five, nine and four, nine and four, nine and four. So there you go. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. 89 and 65. Um, and two, and again, eight out of 11 won the champ or were in the playoffs and then two championships, both in expert leagues with members, uh, established, esteemed people in the fantasy football community. So, Proud of that overall. And then the sports betting side of things. Um, sports betting for the third year in a row, oh, well over 500. Uh, my to- my uh, overall record after finishing two and three in the five-team parlay uh, was 63, and 45, and zero. So 63, 45, and zero. Not bad. All right, not bad. Now, last year, it's weird. Um, oh no, no, 45, 63, 45, and zero. Last year, I'm looking at my old records, I was 62, 41, and zero in five team parlay. And now, now, again, we did a couple extra slates in there. Um, there was the Wednesday, Thursday we combined, there was the Thanksgiving week, we did just Thanksgiving, uh, uh parlays. Then we also, so there's it's not just we didn't do an even number. We did, uh, you know, a couple of these weeks, we did extra ones. In the second round of the playoffs, we did, um, I put in two NBA bets, or I did one NBA bet and I bet the senior bowl, which counted in here as well. These are all picks. Every single one of those I gave out on the radio show, Sirius XM. So if you subscribe and listen to Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, that's where I was 63, 45, and zero. Last year, I was 62, 41, and zero. And the year before that, I was 51, 32, and two. All right. So the sports betting side, three straight years, the only three years I've done official bets on uh, every single week of the NFL and, you know, five games a week. Now, overall, ah, shit, I didn't do uh, on the site, which is documented here, going into the Super Bowl, I was 93, 74, and three, up 12 and a half units. And I was six and six after this. So it was at 99, 80 and three is what I'll be. And I think it'll end up costing me a unit roughly. So let's call it 11 and a half units uh, for the season, which again, I'm very proud of the performance, but it, uh, transparency always. Um, could it be better sports betting? NFL betting could have been seasonal. Definitely could have been DFS. It couldn't have been. And I'm not going to bullshit anybody. I don't think it, I don't think it's going to get better. We're not going to win 15 out of 17 next year. We're just not. We, it could be 11 out of 17. You know, it could be 10 out of 17. We're going to win money. We're going to be profitable. Um, but 
it shit's not easy, man. It's not as easy as it seemed. It's not as easy as it was. Um, but we're ahead of people. And I promise you, I will stay ahead of this. My team, I think that's a big part of our success at leadfantasy.com too. So we finally had a good team. You've heard the podcast. Rob and I talk about the differences in philosophy and people over there. We will stay ahead of this every day. As we get into the NFL offseason, I've got a lot to talk about. We've got free agency, the NFL draft. Um, my rankings are already up, fantasyguru.com for the 2021 fantasy football season. we got a huge mock draft coming your way that will uh, be posted on the site, I think, over the weekend, if not early next week, that we're right in the middle of right now for the whole crew over at fantasyguru.com. Uh, my top 50 NFL free agents are already posted. We'll do, uh, we'll talk about that in the coming days and weeks ahead on this podcast. Uh, we're also going to talk some fantasy baseball on the show too. So baseball people hang in there with me. Uh, we got a lot of baseball to talk as well. And then NFL draft, obviously we'll have full coverage. Where does Trevor Lawrence go? We know Jacksonville. Well, where does Zach Wilson go? What about Justin Fields? Why is Trey Lance moving up the board? Fucking Mel Kuyper and uh, the other guy at ESPN, McShay. These guys are, I swear to God, they're paid by certain agents. I really, I, all of a sudden, Trey Lance fell apart. Just fell apart like everybody's down. And, and these guys are trumping him like he's going to go ahead of Justin Fields. And I, I don't think that's the case at all. But again, these are conversations we will be having in the days and weeks ahead uh, on this podcast, on SiriusXM, coffee videos, and our uh, all of our sites there as well. Um, what else about the season? So that, you know, transparency, oh, you know, where we were at, I, I think we did very, very well. Ways to improve what we're looking at. The wide receiver cornerback stuff, we have such an edge over the competition and I think we actually have a pretty good edge in the offensive line versus defensive line. Let's call it a front five versus front seven. Let's that's really what it is. You know, it's easier to say offense line, defense line, but we're incorporating a lot more to it. Same with wide receiver cornerbacks. You know, there's a, there was an article going around about wide receiver cornerback matchups aren't really the wide receiver cornerback matchup. Yeah, no shit. Like we know, I, I've known that for years. I've been screaming about that. Of course not. It's, I swear, sometimes people are just uncovering how football is played. Did you know that a cornerback doesn't only cover one receiver on every down? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I played football. Yeah, I, I watch football. I know football. Yes. Of course I knew that. I thought it just meant that, you know, so-and-so Jamal Dean was going to cover, uh, uh, fucking Nicole Hardman every down. No, 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 no. And that unfortunately is the way people go about. So I think we have a distinct advantage there. So look for more of that going into next year. Um, already, we are already me and Mike Horn and the crew over at fantasyguru.com are already, we've got several innovations coming to the coaching breakdowns that we do every single year. It's just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff that our team is putting out there and uh, I'm leading the charge on the coaching breakdowns for sure. More offensive line data is uh, being filtered in. Ted Schuster will have his offensive line stuff for the, the draft guide. So we're going to keep processing. We're going to keep 
moving forward, keep advancing the industry, keep advancing our knowledge and our work. And it's going to be a hell of a year in 2021. That is for sure. Uh, Some of the off-season quarterback stuff. I wanted to get into that here. I'm running out of time. But I do want to say it's going to be an interesting – it's going to be a tremendous off-season. This year is going to be wild in the NFL because every team has more salary cap room than they thought. At the start of the season – it was believed that the salary cap would go down by five to 10, maybe even $15 million per team where it didn't. And remember this because there weren't a lot of attendance didn't happen. There was pretty much empty stadiums throughout the year. Yes. There was a couple stadiums that had 2000, 5,000 up to 7,500 people at a time. That doesn't feed the bulldog that, that amount of people in a stadium, barely pays for the, it doesn't even pay for the cost of running the stadium that day, security and concessions, facilities, et cetera, et cetera. But team, they actually made enough money in 2020 that the salary caps going up to about 175 million bucks, maybe 180 million bucks. It's going up by about five to $10 million, which is just spectacular. And it's really good for those teams that were hurting in the salary cap arena. All right. And so it's going to be a good offseason. So people with more money to spend, it's like anything. Why do we get a stimulus check? I should say everybody else gets a stimulus check like, because they want to stimulate the economy. They want you to go out and buy goods and services and keep and put more people in jobs and have businesses do better and, and so on and so forth. That's what they want. They don't just want you to put it in savings and feel good about yourself. Fuck no. And that's the same with the, uh, the offseason. And then we got all these quarterbacks to figure out where they're going to go. Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz. We already know Stafford's in LA. We already know Jared Goff moved to Detroit. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Mitch Trubisky. You know, I mentioned Carson Wentz, but how does that affect Jalen Hurts? What happens to Sam Darnold? Then you got Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Mac Jones, fuck Mac Jones. I saw somebody... Somebody did Mac Jones to the Bears, and I almost flew off the handle. That happens. I may renounce my fandom, to be honest with you. That's how dead set against it I would be. Good grief. But a lot of quarterbacks changing teams this year, and a lot of quarterback changes that are coming down the pike. But you also got some real stars at other positions that will impact the fantasy. Oh, don't forget Dak Prescott. I mean – Going to be signed by Dallas, right? He'll come back, but you never know. Allen Robinson and Will Fuller and Kenny Galladay and Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin at wide receiver, all eligible free agency, Leonard Fournette coming off a Lombardi trophy. What do you call himself? Lombardi Lenny the other day. Um, You know, these guys are going to make huge impacts. You got offensive linemen like, uh, Daryl Williams and Russell Okung that are Brandon Sheriff, uh, Trent Williams, all free agents. Remember where the offensive line men go, where they upgrade their offensive line usually leads to fantasy production. That's our secret. I mean, Cleveland Browns last year, it was Derrick Henry, you know, two years or 
was it four years ago now it was Todd Gurley when Fisher left we didn't I didn't know anything about Sean McVay to be quite honest with you the there was some intrigue because of what Washington had done out producing there uh, but I didn't know shit about Sean McVay but we were able to get Todd Gurley at a deal because they brought in Andrew Whitworth had Roger Saffold and John Sullivan at that time great offensive line so don't underestimate the impact those offensive linemen are going to make right that's going to be an important to see what happens in the uh, the offseason there you got great defenders like William Jackson and Justin Simmons in the secondary um Shaq Barrett you know Super Bowl Super Bowl Shaq Barrett um, is uh, one of the best edge rushers in the game. Jadavion Clowney, these guys are free agents as well. Hunter Henry, the tight end. So there's a lot that we're going to digest throughout the course of uh, this offseason from the NFL standpoint. So it's going to be a very jam-packed year. We're going to have rule changes. We're going to have a lot of workout days, no combine in the NFL this year. So we're going to see a lot more pro days. That's where you'll see, I believe Trevor Lawrence is coming up. He's going to throw once he said, and that's it. He's not going to throw, he's going to do an individual workout and then not throw at Clemson's pro day. So I find that, you know, that's interesting and how all these guys wind up, um, wind up working out and, you know, without, having the combine in Indianapolis will be very interesting. Uh, as you guys know, we are sponsored by stathero.com here on one man's opinion. Let's talk some numbers, fellas. When you see millions of dollars every week being offered in traditional DFS, it lures you in, right? Of course it does. Everybody thinks they have a shot at being the one that wins that million dollar fantasy lotto ticket. But how often are you actually cashing in? Did you know? You have less than a 1% chance to win any real money in those contests. Yes, you knew that. Come on. But if you didn't, now you do. And now you can play something better. It's called Stat Hero. Stat Hero provides daily fantasy survivor pools that give you easier chances to win. No more sharks. No more competing with thousands of other liners. You compete against Stat Hero. If you beat Stat Hero, you get paid. That's up. It's one-on-one, everybody. You first Stat Hero. Stat Hero runs DFS survivor pools across all sports, including NBA, Starts every single night, folks, NHL as well, that pays you out every time that you advance. No more rankings, no more impossible odds. You want to win for once? Try competing against Stat Hero and experience the difference. You can use the promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E, for 25% match on your first deposit. And now Stat Hero can be played on any mobile device on stathero.com. So there you go. Let's go. Uh, any one man's opinion listeners, anybody out there who is listening, if you are interested in joining us for the rest of the NBA season, the NHL season, MMA, PGA, um, and, and NASCAR is just starting. Esports we have, poker's coming up, whatever it is, at elitefantasy.com and or elitesportsbetting.com. I have a special promo code for each and every one of you. Ted 30. That's right. Ted Schuster. I was going to wait till the show. I'll, I'm going to announce this on Friday's Sirius XM show, but Ted is now the head of customer relations at the elite sports network. So congratulations to him. And in honor of that, Ted 30 is a promo code. You could use uh, just for the next week or so. So uh, 
If you wanted to sign up for any of that, it's our biggest discount you'll see for a while. And also, if you're an existing member over at fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, elitesportsbetting.com, Ted Schuster is now your liaison. He is now the guy that will be answering a lot of your questions. He will help you find the content you're looking for. He's going to help you find the information you're looking for. Like, hey, I really want more cash game advice on NBA. Hey, I really want, you know, uh, um, how to build a lineup and MMA. Ted's going to be the guy that will help you sort through all that, figure it out, direct you in the right places. It's a head of customer relations. Um, this is what Ted does. If you could put up with the cigarette smoke, then Ted is your guy. He will handle everybody and be very, very good at this job. hundred percent confident in him doing so. So that's a very exciting time over there as well. Um, what else? Uh, oh, you know what I meant to do? What we were right what we were wrong about this NFL season. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the rights and the wrongs. Uh, I think I did most of that, right? Uh, I'll, I'll do some final takeaways as far as players that I was right about and wrong about, of course. Let's start with the wrongs because everybody loves the wrongs. Everybody loves that. Uh, I missed on the Bills, Buffalo Bills in general, but specifically Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Like, I didn't see that coming. I was nowhere. I was never... This is one that I don't mind because I was never going to go to it. I get pissed off at myself when there's things that I missed that I shouldn't have or speculative areas that I didn't speculate enough or, or research enough. That's why I always talk about going all the way with your research. Those are the reasons. I was never getting Buffalo. Buffalo changed their offensive identity. and It simply was nothing I was ever going to do and never going to find it. I was wrong on Cam Newton. I thought he was going to be uh, a lot better in New England. He started out absolute fire, and he got COVID-19, and that was it. rest of his season was dog shit. I uh, was higher on Drew Brees. I was high on Baker Mayfield. Now, Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield, I know, I'm supposed to just admit defeat, right? Never! The winners don't admit defeat. No, they do. But I have to say that if they, those four games that were taken from him that they played in the rain, if Baker Mayfield doesn't, if he has better weather in those games, and I'm not even counting like the, uh, you know, if Odell Beckham was healthy, of course he would, his numbers would have been better. But overall, 26 to 8 touchdown interception ratio, um, 225 yards per game, a 95.9 quarterback rating, 72.2 uh, QBR. Guy's pretty good. 1.6% interception rate. That's down, you know, his previous two years, 2.9, 3.9, 63% completion rate. Baker did well, everybody. I know you don't want to hear it, but he did. And didn't, but I had him as my number six quarterback. And that was wrong. He didn't come anywhere fucking close to that. So that was one I missed on uh, Drew Locke. I was much higher on Drew Locke. Than it turned out to be. I whiffed on David Montgomery, but again, that's another one. I think that had a lot to do with a very weak schedule down the stretch and no Tariq Cohen. So those two things led to a breakup with David Montgomery. No way am I trusting that in 2021. Uh, I was higher on Miles Sanders than I should have been. James Connor. I was right on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. I was wrong on Connor. Injuries had something to do with that, but just didn't 
didn't pan out. Cam Akers took way too long. I was super duper high on him. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of everybody in the elite mafia that held on to him, that he helped us down the stretch and in the playoffs as well. But it took too long for the full season. It just didn't work out. Joe Mixon, another guy. Yes, it was injury, but, you know, with – with Burrow and a healthy left tackle, Jonah Williams, I thought Mixon would put up some numbers, and uh, he did not do that. He was hurt most of the year. Justin Jefferson, I didn't hit on him. I liked him, loved him, actually, coming out of LSU, loved him. And, by the way, I loved Jeff, Justin Jefferson going into this draft. What do you think I think about Jamar Chase? I'm a huge fan of Jamar Chase, but he didn't play this year. That's, that's going to be the toughest evaluation for college kids. The, the ones that opted out, or didn't play a lot. How do you evaluate that? It's a topic we'll have to dive into. Um, I was underwater on AJ Brown. I was over on AJ Green. I was very into Emmanuel Sanders who didn't produce. I didn't like CD Lamb. I didn't like CD Lamb at all coming out of school. I, I, it was like three weeks into the season. I said, oh shit, I missed that one. That's an evaluation I just missed. I knew this, the, the size was there. But sometimes you, you look at a player and you size him up and you see him on the college and you think, eh, it's just not impressive. Normally you think, oh boy, that guy's a beast. Then he gets on an NFL field. He's like a little turd out there, right? City Lamb was the opposite. It doesn't happen often, but you're like, holy shit, he's an Adonis. Better route runner than I thought. And wow, he made an impact in Dallas. Could have been a lot more too. I, I look, I'm really disappointed. I don't have more CD lamp shares in my dynasty leagues. And then Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson, I should have hit on Robbie Anderson is one of my biggest misses from 2020. I knew the connection was there with Matt rule and temple offense. And I don't know what I was thinking. I, I don't know. I, I, I liked him. I talked about him in the preseason. I just didn't have him highly ranked or projected for the year. And I'm lucky because the amount of involvement Robbie Anderson had, his fantasy numbers just weren't as good as they should have been or could have been. So I kind of got lucky on that. Zach Ertz, George Kittle, injuries really impacted those, but the two tight ends I was wrong about there. Um, Teams that I was wrong about, Broncos, Falcons, Patriots, and Chargers. I said the Chargers had a Super Bowl team. I do believe the Chargers had a Super Bowl team. But Anthony Lynn was a dog shit head coach. Just awful. And he it's why he's offensive coordinator in Detroit now. And Brandon Staley somehow was the head coach there. Good Lord. Uh, the teams I was right about. The Browns, of course. Browns, Colts, Steelers, Washington, Potatoes. Even though they were under 500, I knew they'd be pretty much better. And they end up winning the division. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I was right about. I knew they would be good. Didn't think they'd win the Super Bowl. Nah, no, no, no. I'm not claiming victory there. Just better. Uh, Seattle and Arizona. Two other teams that I was bullish on. Players that I was right about. The biggest hits were Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. Aaron Rodgers was a monster. Won the MVP of the league. He was the 13th quarterback off the board. I had him as the fifth best fantasy quarterback going into the year. So I was way over on Rodgers. That was a huge get for us and the Elite Mafia members people in seasonal leagues over at fantasyguru.com a huge win for us at the quarterback position nick chubb that running game cleveland even though nick chubb you know got hurt it was out what he missed six games seven games 
he's still almost got a thousand yards. He made a huge impact down the stretch for playoff teams was good in the beginning. Uh, everything was good there. Dalvin cook, Mike Davis, choosing Mike Davis over Jarek McKinnon. One of the best calls of the entire year in season. Very proud of that call. Our wide receivers. I look back at the rankings and projections for the year advancing year. I'm like, Holy shit. These could have been published at the end of the year. Cause they were that good. Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Will Fuller, Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin. How's that? All I was higher than the rest of the industry and the ADP on every single one of those players. And they crushed for us. And then Chase Claypool. You want to talk about a deep pull, one I'm very proud of. Was high on Claypool. Never thought he'd do what he did. Not saying I thought he would do that. Double-digit touchdowns. No way. But I loved him coming out of Notre Dame. I didn't like him going to Steelers because there's too much quarterback or wide receiver competition. And I was too high on Deontay Johnson. But I did like him when he got an opportunity, moved ahead of James Washington. I recommended picking him up. And right in time for a huge, what was a three-touchdown game? Had a couple of them this season. Um so very proud of that hit as well. The tight ends that I was right about. I mean, drafting a tight end early, Travis Kelsey was uh, one of the best calls of the year. Now I'll say this, it was right on Kelsey and it ended up being wrong on Kittle. <laughs> and on four, I think Kittle would have been great, but the injury really sucked. Um, Noah Fant, another tight end I was high on. That was pretty good, but uh, I was all about early round tight ends, second, third round. And that means a lot of Mark Andrews was right about Kelsey was right about and wrong about Kittle. Oh, and Zach Ertz, I was high on, uh, was a fourth round pick and I was wrong about him. So there that's the scorecard. I wanted to give out transparency, make sure we were all on the same page that I, I mentioned the highs and the lows, not a perfect season. It never is, but God damn, was this fun. Wasn't it fun? I mean, come on, guys. Did we have a blast? Elite Mafia, Fantasy Guru, Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. You win? Did you lose? I want to hear from you. At Jeff underscore Mans, The Jeff Mans Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Let me know. I, I had a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed the NFL season as much as I did from 10 ways to COVID proof your league all the way to Tom Brady winning yet another Super Bowl. Every single second in between the holidays we spent together, the Saturday night chats, the Friday live streams, the Wednesday podcast, Monday through Friday, Sunday morning show on Sirius XM, Sunday morning shows on Sirius XM, just the, the articles, the rankings, the projections, the, the chat room conversations, the late night chats. I, I had a blast serving you guys this NFL season and uh, it begins 2021 starts right now. We're going to it. I myself am looking ahead. We're implementing our fantasy baseball coverage, our daily fantasy baseball coverage as well, but I'll be working. My top 50 free agents are already posted. My rankings for 2021 fantasy football are posted at fantasyguru.com, ready to go. I'll be working every single day for all of you, and uh, I can't wait to get, get it going, run it back in 2021. All right, folks, again, this podcast goes nowhere. I will take on all types of different topics and subjects, personal life stuff. I'll deal with you know, any controversial topics and things that pop up, uh, give an update on the pandemic and, and what's been going on in my life uh, through that, how I've been coping with that, and, and anything else. If you guys got uh, issues 
uh, or topics that you want me to hit, please at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. That's going to do it for episode 52. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Congratulations to all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans out there. It was a glorious season. Um, that is for sure. All right, folks. Thanks to our sponsor, StatHero.com. Remember, promo code ELITE, E-L-I-T-E, 25% off your first deposit over there at StatHero.com. The app is also sensational. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in, downloading, telling a friend or relative, and tuning into this very podcast. Remember, you may have... You may disagree. You may not like something I had to say today. Chances are today, you probably did. Ladies and gentlemen, that's okay. Why? Because it was just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!